So you were asking about that yeah, the guy. Right. I met a gig. Yeah. Um, I had him at a gig and then fast forward like probably almost a whole year later and he's messaging me saying like let's collab on some like video stuff and like I was gonna do it and I was like yeah man I'm doing a video right now so you know what I mean yeah what about the video was was he responsible for like what did he do he, he was in the same program as you, but what was his specialty? Oh, I, that I don't know. I didn't talk to him enough, but no. I met him while I was working, and he wow. said, let's collab on a video. And he asked, because when I saw him, he, I saw the courses he was in, because I was working at the office store, and his iPad Pro had his classes on it, so I noticed all the classes, so I asked him, I'm like, you're... In broadcasting, right? He's like, "How'd you know?" Like, I saw the, saw the, saw the uh, schedule, and I'm from broadcasting. He got scared for a second because because <laughs> you're working in an office. Because I was working at the office supply store. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I run my. He said, "Well, what have you done?" So I said, "Well, I've worked in Italy." La da 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 da. I'm working here as I'm building up my production company. He's like, "Oh." So well, how's that? And I'm pr- I'm not sure if I mentioned like you had said the music video or anything, but he said let's collaborate. And I took his card. And next thing you know, you don't send him an email, or he doesn't reply to said email, and life has a funny way of showing you uh, takes yeah. the potential you had away from you. Yeah, hmm. it it's getting to know you. Actually, it's amazing how many people i know that are semi-connected i know because i know you joe lipinski yeah you the <laughs> audio mixer yeah our taught en- me. engineer yeah the audio engineer <laughs> taught me web design of all things yeah that's crazy uh, HTML. html yeah yeah um, <laughs> and then the mel monaco show right alex gazam yep. was there and i know alex and then uh Melissa Schreiner was at the Mel Monaco show, and I know her. So it's all these worlds coming together. And the thing they have in common is that there's some kind of artist or, or another. I definitely didn't feel that tight-knit when I knew a lot of people in, in the sciences at school. It's much more broad than that. It's. I feel, I wish in my course that people stayed in Niagara. Most people didn't. Most people went to Toronto, yeah, which is good. A, totally. That's a step up for sure for anything arts. Most people that went to Toronto left Toronto after they couldn't make it or afford yeah. uh, going. But it would have been nice if some of them actually stayed back because we could be doing some really badass things. It's but just it, there's a lot more like work and yeah, it's where the scene is. Welcome to the 14th podcast. Yeah, a funny thing happened on the way to the podcast. This, this, time, guy. this time starring G from Roadways. Yeah. So. <laughs> we did a music video which has been released. The links will be included in this podcast. We did the music video for them that was released April 17th. 17th. Yeah. April 17th. And it has done well on Facebook. It has done well on YouTube. I'm pumped about how well it's been doing, especially on Facebook. Those it's are so good nice to read yeah. the comments. I, I read think them. It's at like 5, I look every day now. at the comments. It's all good. 
Yeah, like there's that. some great comments in there. Yeah. Are you watching like every single one as they come in just to see if somebody asks? I usually a just well w- like wait till closer to the evening. Yeah. And check them out and answer them or right in the morning. Really supportive stuff. I haven't seen anything that was detracting at all. Really. Yeah. I was saying in the car, the comments. Some of them are like exactly what you would want in the sense that when you're video editing you want to edit something that nobody notices they don't notice the cuts but then there's sometimes like that transition from the yeah. gorge to the stage right, so. where you want them to notice it and then when they comment on it that is a hundred percent gratifying it is it, they it, didn't say anything the we spent work a lot of time planning it and the work wouldn't feel like it paid off necessarily yeah, but it is a hundred percent paid off mm-hmm. i just showed uh Julio, who's living with me now, the video a minute ago, and yeah, it's it's kind of a interesting thing to see it all all done. Just because I've I've only watched the actual video and everything put together probably like two three times at this point. Although I of have course, watched I, it a lot. I know. Well, but <laughs> but the edited the unfinished version of it or so, pretty close to finished for quite some time. But lots of little final details. Definitely heard the song a million times. Oh, I know it's. I'm looking forward to the album release party just because there are some songs on that album that I really I'm looking forward to. It's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, like, it's really trippy to be releasing a single uh, where, like, during our practice, that's probably one of the songs that's the quickest, and we jam out, like, the other one's, like, way longer. So, I mean, it's funny on the audience's side, they're, like, a lot more used to this song, obviously, and... For me, it's like sometimes I forget the words because I like barely listen to it. <laughs> um, I could sing for you. I know the words. <laughs> That's weird being like being the one who wrote it, I guess, because I heard it so many times before anyone else even did. So it's like by now I kind of just hit mute if I'm showing people the video. <laughs> I'm like, check this out. Although it did seem like there were lots of last minute sort of alterations to really make it fit together in the oh, studio yeah. which absolutely I, I thought it was really cool seeing that stuff on the fly because you always hear that a lot of things can change when you you comes down to recording it and somebody gets an idea or you, yeah. the, the lyrics just fit better together in the whole some producing way. side is super fun because like it's when you're playing it as a band it's a completely different perspective than um when you have it laid out in front of you on the studio and it's just like playing back at you and you're like, oh, it needs more of like this low end frequency. Maybe look, try this bass line or something like that. You know, it like kind of, that's the, where the producing really comes together. The the side of it that I got to see a little bit of was the, just the recording and then an unmixed version. What was it like to be in the studio when they were, when a little bit was actually being mixed and you were, you were seeing the, you know, levels adjusted on things? So the way we did it this time was uh, uh, he would send us, Joe would send us like a rough mix and then I would basically send them like notes, just like a whole bunch of notes on every song, like, you know, from like 30 seconds to 45 seconds, could you boost the mids oh. on the blah, blah, blah. Or so like, it is a really, you get, do get a lot of creative control. Oh, in that oh yeah, yeah, very. That's good. Yeah, very like, I mean, I asked Joe to co-produce with me just so like I, I did want to have like the final say, but I did trust his judgment to kind of take it and run. And then me, if like I didn't like it, I would tell him and. A lot of the times I did, which was great, and that's why I wanted him to co-produce because he's a great artist. I was I found it kind of interesting that there was a little like, there's a lot of uh, heavy reverb towards the end of the song. <laughs> are there any other songs in the album that are that sort of take that swing? Uh, yeah, actually there are. So it it sort of jumps out at you like it definitely that's caught cool, me man. off guard. Cool. I I still don't know 
Like, it, it definitely surprised me anyways. I don't know necessarily. Like, I wasn't expecting it to sound like that, that that's before a, it was That's mixed. a cool thing to notice. Yeah. It took me a few listens to to notice it, because when I dropped the master into the music video, I made sure it synced up at the beginning. Yeah. And then I told Eric, it, it's done. And I, I, you didn't, I can't quite tell what has changed. And right, then you right, listen right, to right. it, and you're like... It's very different. Yeah. So then I finally listened to it all the way through. I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe next time I should. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like my job. It's a mixture <laughs> of like the mixing artist and the mastering artist. Kind of, it's their fingerprint. You know what I mean? Like, and you'll hear a th- central theme throughout the whole album, and that's kind of like the fingerprint of them, of especially the like mastering. That's where it all kind of like wraps up together. And every mastering engineer does it differently, and, and that's why people seek out, you know, specific people. Um, but that's probably what you heard. That are you talking about from the from the final mix to the mastering stage? Yeah. Yeah. The difference between because I think like what I'm not a hundred percent positive on this, but I think what the mastering process does is kind of make things pop a bit more. So that's probably the that the reverb was already there, but like mastering make, um, makes it louder. I know that for sure. Hmm. Um, so it's probably just bringing all the EQ up or whatever. How did you meet Joe? Was it purely professional or did you... Uh, To be honest, I was uh, at one of his shows like in 2015 at In the Soil, which is happening next week or whatever. Uh, Yeah, no, this weekend. For for whatever reason, even though I don't live in St. Catharines, I always find myself to be downtown for some reason during that week and I look around and I'm like, oh, it's amazing. It's In the Soil (laughs) Festival. But yeah, I saw him playing and he's amazing. He blew my mind. Shout out to Joe Lipinski. Joe Lipinski, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's great a, HTML he, teacher. He's a legend, yeah. Like, <laughs> I saw him play, and I was just like, "Wow, this guy's great." I knew he listened to Zappa for sure. Uh, but I've been enjoying a lot of the, you've been posting a little bit of stuff, jamming out to some Zappa riffs yeah, on Facebook, and it's it's interesting seeing how technical you can be as a guitarist because it, it's an entirely different style of playing than what Road Waves seems right. to play. Well, you'll see, man, because there's a lot of tracks where we get it's really entire. technical. Yeah, like, really. Yeah, like the the whole album's pretty like all over the map. Hmm. We get like reggae-ish and like. Did goes, you say bluegrass at one point? Yeah, there's some bluegrass. How many tracks are there? There's ten. Ten. Okay. Yeah. Definitely more than I've heard you guys play. So I'm yeah. excited to hear. Yeah, there's like some you know progressive stuff. It's I will tell you, the first song I listened to on the album isn't going to be so long. <laughs> with respect. It's to the, the song. second track. So second okay. Song. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Red Run Song Red Sun Rising the first? It's the tenth. The tenth. Oh, yeah. That's what I guess the, we were gonna make it like pretty early on, but then we're like, what's a good way to get people to listen till the end? <laughs> Put the title track at the end. I've always wondered how artists decide on the order of the album. If it's not necessarily like a an ordered story, you it, you definitely has to be something to do with playing with the audience's attention so, span. So I'll tell you this: like it, what there was a concept album that I was working on for this album and it didn't necessarily work out because I felt that I didn't have enough time to really execute it properly but I did have like keep some of the themes in that like by the end of the album I feel like it's a bit more uplifting lyrically so like there was that in in picking the order of it I did want certain songs to be closer to the end and certain songs to be at the beginning because if you listen to the words it's kind of like you think maybe there is a message there spread across them or, or just a, a change in, in mood across the songs? I would say a theme. A theme, yeah. Of like, like re, rebirth. 
mm-hmm. almost, or like, you know, overcoming something shitty. <laughs> you definitely get the vibe of a story in So Long, at least. Yeah. At least I did. Although, I, of course, I was looking for one just to... The story in So Long is basically the overall theme. I could say that. Because okay. it's like, almost like, screw this, I'm going to make up my own story type thing. A lot of, I find a lot of artists get really, they don't really like to answer questions that are so specific about the meaning behind Right. I don't like, I don't like to get too specific either. No. I like, I like it to be very open. Yeah. You like, you like fans to, to, to yeah. their own story. It makes it more personal for yeah. sure. And it should be. Hmm. I like that well, side of it. I, th- I think we had talked about it. We either talked about it together or we talked about it on here how, I mean, you, you have a I think we talked about it the day we shot the outside stuff that you have a good following and it was nice to see some of your followers come over to to our side and follow us but how much easy not easy but how much easier it is for a musician to to kind of be a mainstay in people's minds because there is that emotional connection it's very hard to to create an emotional connection as a videographer yeah, yeah, I hear that. I hear you on that. For sure. I I imagine we got a bit more of a kickback just because of the, like yeah, there's a much more personal connection to what Road Raves is doing necessarily. Like, nobody who's getting wedding videography is going to necessarily <laughs> care who we're making a music video for. I mean, maybe there's an odd person, but there's one or two one that or two message me. Well, that's cool. That was cool, but they they all like music and we're talking about doing music videos for a while, so it's nice to see this finally started. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to deal with i mean i don't deal with it a lot i I won't say that i'm like crazy crazy pop like popular as an artist or whatever but i i gotta just even just like you know i'm pretty introverted like it doesn't seem like it but like i like to practice music a lot (laughs) which involves being alone a lot yeah and you know like booking tours and stuff like that um and it's not that i don't like hanging out with people but it like it can get overwhelming for sure weird to deal with <laughs> well thank you for coming no no, no this yeah. is fine like chilling okay. chilling with people in a, in a room is cool but like it's more of just like when people put me up on like on a pedestal i'm just like i'm the same as you i'm i mean <laughs> i was really impressed when i saw first saw you guys at the niagara night of art when when teal and i both met you that night right i just seeing fans that were so dedicated they were dressing up in like costumes right that having, was cool, having a great time with it yeah it was, it was yeah I consider them my friends more than like my fans. That's my good. Followers. Yeah, it's good to be that close. Well, you got the you got the big wow factor at the beginning, but like I had said before, I had met you for the first time and literally just saying, "Hey, this is what we want to do." I didn't know you. I didn't know your music. In the, in the basement of the. In the basement, <laughs> yeah. and then it, we collaborated more on the artistic side, and I grew to like it, and I'm like. As I said, excited for the album and excited for mm-hmm. the future possibilities, and know that we now have a, a good team to collaborate with. Absolutely, I I found it kind of interesting the way that I I don't know what you would call it, but you posted something with about Golden Guitars, like you got a is a sponsorship the right yeah, word? Yeah, it's like an endorsement. I would call an it. endorsement. Yeah. Okay, well, so what's it like to get someone like that? Like, did you have to approach them or? Yeah, I approached them. Um, I'm not one of the stipulations is I'm not allowed to talk about like what I get. <laughs> oh, from them. well, no, we, I don't care about that. Yeah. I just want to know, like, it's kind of interesting. Like, are they very supportive of Canadian musicians? Yeah, because they're a Canadian company. So that's an awesome part of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think like, uh, 
I think it's all still manufactured straight out of Canada. Like I know a lot of the wood comes from Quebec or something like that. Or yeah. at least the, the craftsmanship is. I My guitar know. has maple wood in it. Yeah. You know, like it's... It was cheap for how like great it is. Oh, I've I've always I've heard a lot of good things about them. I used to play a little bit more guitar, but like yeah. you go to the guitar shop and some of them don't sell Gibson or Epiphone or anything just because there's certain restrictions on that. But, right. but they'll have a Golden guitar and they'll tell yeah. you tell you everything great about it. That's great. I picked it up. It felt like a great guitar, at least the one that yeah. I was playing. With. I bought mine like six years ago. It was my first guitar ever, and I really? still have it. And I still play it. A good first choice. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. It's uh, I don't know. I've I've. A lot of them are not so good. I mean, I've had lots of guitars. Yeah, I did spend two, like or... a fair amount, obviously. But oh, yeah. like I knew I wanted to do it, so. But I mean, you could spend a thousand bucks on an Epiphone that's going to go, go out of tune every you know, Absolutely. 15 minutes you're playing it or something. That's the nice thing about it being made here is that you're not paying any too much money for any like shipping. Yeah, and there's lots of, I, I would imagine Canadian quality control is probably yeah. pretty decent. Mm-hmm. It's good. I don't know. Has there been any other endorsements or anything else that you're? you're I'm still for? trying. Um, I'm actually really surprised that it was Godin that said yes. Like I thought it'd be like a string company or something like that. You know, who's your small. website manufacturer? Who did the website? Yeah, Katie Gatta. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should. Um, you should uh, design your website on Squarespace, then go to Squarespace and. Oh, you get a plug from them, get yeah. A plug from them, get an affiliate link. They'll do anybody. <laughs> I guess you could put a little Squarespace like QR code in your guitar or something. <laughs> That's be, true. Be an absolute shill. Oh my god, no. <laughs> they they have a weird Squarespace has a weird commercial that they released with the Super Bowl that has Keanu Reeves motorcycle like riding his motorcycle talking about. I've seen the that website. I've seen I, that like, ad pops up for me. Yeah, so kind of odd marketing. It is. Yeah, I mean they do sort of give links out the affiliate links to just about anybody. I'm pretty sure sh- I saw the funniest thing it's like slightly off topic but kind of the same no there's um, nothing <laughs> off topic here uh, Xavier Rudd's uh, music or him I forget which one it was it was either his music or him featured in like a KFC commercial and he's like he was deemed like the sexiest vegetarian in the world or something it's <laughs> a very interesting title yeah it was, it was such a funny like, experience to hear that or see it can't remember if he was like featured in it. I think it was just his song. <laughs> well, you know what? He definitely didn't get. He didn't get like a black card where he could have all the KFC he wanted. That would be. Oh no! That, that, times are dangerous. Probably he's probably dealing with like some rent issues or something. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that that would that would be a problem. A little bit of KFC. I would not live the life I want to live if I'm eating KFC all the time. Oh man! I feel like crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I avoid it. Believe it or not. I haven't had KFC or Popeyes in a long time. I've had fried chicken. We've had like it. homemade fried chicken. Oh yeah. yeah, and then in the states here and there. But oh yeah, I don't go good. out for fried chicken. I'm fat, but I'm not that fat. <laughs> I don't have to go out for KFC. No, I'll go for chicken breast, and I'm good. Um, the the album release night. I I'm very curious. How long into the night are we gonna have to wait to hear you guys play? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what the actual lineup is. Uh, I think it's like closer to 11, okay. I want to say. Okay, a little bit later at night. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a bit later because there's two other bands before us. Hmm. And I think the doors are like 8 or 8.30. I think so. That sounds yeah. about right. So first band probably at 9, second band 10. Then we're 11, probably till like 
one. I don't that know. works. That's it. the the other release we went to at the at the warehouse. It was nice, but there was there was a lot of people that I didn't know or particularly care about. It was nice to hear you perform. I didn't really understand the the point of having the acrobatic women who eventually no. serve drinks. Yeah. It's some special women? potion. Wait, what? Are you having the acrobatic women? No. Okay, good. <laughs> it was a very it's, strange I think tradition. it'd be cool to do, like, in a big venue with, like, you know, if it was, like, executed properly. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm a big fan of theatrics, but, like, they gotta be done right. It can't so be cheesy. So when does the right. uh, roadways jukebox musical come out? It's and actually, how can I be a part of it? Oh, that sounds brilliant. <laughs> Let's start working on it. Okay. <laughs> I've always wanted to write my own musical that doesn't involve me writing the music <laughs> just writing yes. the story in between the songs that'd be neat yeah. i feel that would take a little bit more creativity to try to weave things make a story out of an album well there's so many musicals we'd like have that. to work together on it it'd have to be like oh yeah you know what i mean so many musicals that come out that they're so thinly i, I think at this point the most popular one would be mamma mia that thinly took, held together yeah that took a catalog of songs and created a story then you have ones I've seen quite a few of them, uh, for what it's worth. There was a musical about Carol King. I don't know if you know who that is, but it sounds so familiar. very famous songwriter, but also eventually became a singer. And that one was probably the worst, the worst written one that I saw, only because they didn't even hide the fact the story involved her writing the song, so it wasn't even creatively singing the song. So it's just like, hey. We wrote this song, and now we're going to sing it, type thing. What? Whereas Mamma Mia, you say a line of dialogue, you're like, oh, here we go again. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I guess it fits into the story better. Yeah. I don't think of it. Jersey Boys is really well... Jersey Boys is very well done. Yeah. The, the story is very fluid. You don't really see any jumps in it. The muse, the stage musical is a lot better than the movie. Hmm. Um, I've seen the stage musical a few times. I'm a big kind of musical nut. And then uh, the movie is fine too. Only because they they kind of show how they came up with the music rather than just say, hey, we wrote this song. Let's sing about it. It's, oh, we're watching a movie where a woman gets slapped and then she's not going to cry because big girls don't cry. And then, oh, that's it. Big girls don't cry. All you need is the one good punchline of the song and... Do songs come to you like that? Or you're just hanging around and... Oh, like one song ever, and it's on this album. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Stronger. I was just walking... Like, I was in... I went through some shit and was in a bad mood. It was on a, a walk, and it just, like, came to me. It's the only time it's ever happened. Ooh. Like, where, like, the whole song was there. I wrote it down, remembered the melody. Wow. And, yeah, it's crazy. What's your usual process for... I usually, like, create something cool, put it away. Create something cool, put it away create something cool and then like smush it together <laughs> you'll see in the other songs they're like very like all over the map um like and i was just about to say too if i was ever to write the music to like a musical i think i'd just go all in it would be like pretty like crazy like prodigy like i'm not a prodigy but like it would sound like i was <laughs> you know i'd be like there'd be a lot of like time changes and like craziness it'd be fun like classical style you know what i mean yeah well, maybe, maybe in the future, one day, uh, there'll be a TH Media produced stage musical with 
<laughs> Road Waves music. Add that one to the list. That'd, That'd be pretty be cool. Phenomenal. Rock opera. Like, let's do it. Yeah. I would kill to have Broadway producer <laughs> credits on our name. <laughs> Even if it was just a like a independent. It'd be so fun. Off state, well, Honestly. off Broadway, like uh, independent production in St. Catharines or something. That'd be fun. It'd be super fun. And I know that St. Catharines is very supportive of the theater scene. Very supportive of the arts. The arts in general. in general, yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it, it, it's, St. Catharines really is artists from all different types of backgrounds supporting other artists. Like with the Mel Monaco release, you get a, you get a psychotic magician who's awesome you get a singer who does traditional Christmas music. You get you guys performing. And he's we didn't just... perform that. Why were we there then? I don't remember. You weren't there at all. There was a there was a release music vi- like video release party. That was the. the Why were we there? It. There was a band that did play there. Was it theater? I think it was just a social thing. We we're just hanging out. Really? Yeah. Then where when? It's all blending together. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's at the same venue every single time, it does contribute to it blending I'm together. Oh, no, no worries, dude. It happens a lot, especially to people that are on stage. I was going to say that earlier, actually. Part of the weird part about, like, being a musician is that you're on stage and, like, everyone's looking at you constantly, but, like, you can't really see anyone because you got all these lights. Yeah, it's pretty blind. So then, like, when people come up to you on the street, they're like, how's it going, man? Like, you should know them, and you're like, I have no clue who you are. are you, I'm were, sorry. Were you the guy in the front row? Yeah. I don't know. Well, thankfully, if you can get used to that, your level of stardom, it'll never change because when you, like, when you become a, a giant, I mean, it's, it's not going to change when you play giant stadiums. There's going to be thousands stadiums. of people that don't, that have a personal relationship with you. Because they love your music, and then they walk up and they're like, "Hey, hey, hey. you're like uh, security." <laughs> no, see, I don't mind when it's at a show. Like, and I, have I, you had people I don't, come up to you? Yeah, on I don't. The I yeah, I don't mind when it's on the street either. That's not. It's just weird when it's on the street because I because I'm genuinely expecting me to like remember who they are, and then I'm like, oh, I actually literally don't know who you are at all. But like when it's at a show, it's like obviously they're coming up and saying yeah. good job and stuff like that, but. I don't mind it either way. I'm just clarifying that it's weird when it's on the street because I'm like, who are you? Interesting thing. I, somebody that we know, and I'm not going to think just for the sake of how the information was discovered. Somebody we know who works at a call center was making a, a phone call with just some random Canadian. And and it just so happened that they were trying to dispute some kind of charge on their account. Some music wasn't showing up that they were listening to. and And this person was listing off the the music i'm like yeah i still got this band i still got this band i still got road waves i still got this band and just kept going and and i didn't know the story yeah and the conversation had to stop there because they had to be transferred to because since they were canadian they would be transferred to a different one because canadians can't service other canadians when it comes to red like telecommunication it was it was for apple music but Hmm. but anyways i just apparently a random a random person by proxy that would that's amazing called in and was like yeah i got road waves still on my itunes but i don't I'm missing this other music. That's super cool. <laughs> Thank you to whoever you are for listening to us. Transitioning to the iTunes stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know we had talked about it before, but with your... Because you're, you're on Apple Music. Yep. Is the album for sale on iTunes? Is, or will the album be for sale on iTunes? Or are you just going to Apple Music for it? I think... It, I don't have Apple Music. I think it will be. Can you... Do you is our first album on iTunes? Because I, I, don't, I don't have an Apple pro- a product. Okay. I used to, but... 
What's the name of the first album? The Lighthouse. So, if it's on there, then yes, because I figured it out. You figured because it <laughs> it's a part of the process. Like, there's this thing called an aggregator. I think that's how you yeah. pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah, and they like kind of and get it, them to put. That's what puts it out there. Yeah. Okay. That's and they have like a list of stuff, and I assume that this is part of it. I imagine. Do you know what the fees are to post stuff on iTunes? I just posted the single, and I think it was like thirty bucks. But I think the wow. whole album is like a hundred. And there's different companies, and they do it differently. And we picked the one that has no residual payments because there's some that are like it's a cheap price at first, but, but you got to pay, you pay a lot. like forty bucks a year. But like, what happens when you have twelve albums in like ten years yeah. or whatever, or like twenty years or whatever, and then you have to pay like forty oh, wow. bucks for each one every year, right? Yeah. So we went the one hey, pay, the lighthouse pay a lot. There it is. It's yeah. on, it's on it? iTunes. Yeah, so it's part of it. So yeah, it will be on iTunes. Uh oh, copyright infringement. Don't do it. <laughs> Dude, I I wonder if, if YouTube would would content ideas. I don't know how that yeah, even how, how does the ownership for your songs that album is creative content except for commercial use. Okay. Okay. Um, we don't so, make money off this, so. Yeah, so you're free to, free to use this. <laughs> even if, and I have to give you permission at it anyway, so like I would, if you wanted to monetize your videos eventually, I would allow that. Like I don't care, you're my friends, and, and even if you weren't my friends, you're still, it's in whatever, it's your podcast. It's getting that out there. So you're not taking advantage of it or whatever. No. Or like manipulating or anything. What, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. yeah. It usually comes down to, like, my call, but, like, I haven't dealt with anything where it's, like, something random, like, someone... Because, like, I know this happened with one of my favorite bands in Hamilton, Flat Five. Like, I found their album on YouTube, and it wasn't them that uploaded it. And I was like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? So I, I messaged them, and I don't know if they dealt with it, but, like... The, the content ID system, for music especially, is very effective. So uh, whatever system it takes to get your stuff registered, that, that you know, you're the proper owner like if you have a, the vivo channel or something yeah pretty much as soon as somebody uploads it it gets flagged and removed right immediately right but i don't i don't know what it takes to get registered into that yeah system. see i'm str i don't know if i should upload the album right away to youtube i don't think i should because i think we should have it on available elsewhere for a, a while and then eventually upload it there when it's a bit less relevant and people can find it i don't know you know what i mean I, like, i'm not sure what the, what's the benefit of doing that you think of holding out just to get, I don't know, get more purchases or... Well, yeah. Because you normally, is, we don't monetize, so we don't get anything from that. It, sure. But it does give us fans, so it's good in the long run, but like... Yeah. Once you put it on YouTube, though, it's so... It, that, I mean, it's easy enough to take, but once you put it on YouTube, it's so easy to just go, like, uh, YouTube to MP3, and then they can steal the entire album if they want to. And, yeah. they, and they can already do that, it's probably, but like... I know what you mean. It's e even easier. It's just you like... You should just release uh, the Red Sun Rising music videos on YouTube. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We'll just do 10 music videos for <laughs> every song. God, that'd be a lot of work. <laughs> it would be a lot of work. It'd be fun. But I don't know. Just, I guess, basically encouraging people to like seek our stuff. Yeah. I, ho I hope that works. I don't really know anything about Cause, marketing music. Because right now, like, yeah, exactly. It's a big world. And, like, right now, we don't really show up on suggested things because we're not big enough. We don't get enough views and stuff. Like, we don't have enough subscribers or whatever. So, like, hmm. there's not really the point. Like, we don't... I, it's never anyone outside of our circle because we haven't hit that bubble of being on suggested videos. And so, it, like... 
YouTube's not what it was. I mean, no, it's completely different. It's hard to because the it's not new anymore. No, Facebook is great. You have five thousand views on your music video, and it used to be that you could, within reason, with a margin of error, translate that to YouTube if you link the YouTube video to Facebook. Now it seems, just for whatever reason, the clicks and the the ratio doesn't seem to work out, so you can't get people to YouTube. Yeah, they definitely penalize you. If you post a YouTube link, it won't show up as much on people's feeds. <laughs> so it is better to just embed on Facebook. Absolutely. You and you, you promoted the music video. Have you seen a... Has the music video increased your like base at all? Yes. And our people's interest in us again. Because it comes in waves. And <laughs> you know, waves. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like... It's just kind of re-sparked people, I guess. They got excited. They heard some new content. Everyone loves new content. And then, so I guess people are messaging me now, you know, looking for tickets for our CD release and whatnot, so. Well, that's good. That's, that's yeah. what you want. That's no, the goal. Building the hype. That's the goal, exactly. It's cool. Yeah. And I, I think a music video, even now, uh, is, a, is a great way to build the hype. And Absolutely. You're... And it turned out great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> As, I mean, I'm sure artists of all type do it, but now that it's done, there's so many, I'm super excited for the next one because I know tons of things I'd like to do differently. And most of them are actually just like simple film director type stuff just to make every shot that much tighter, that much mm. everything's timed out better. Just little little things here and there that really brings it together. I think for uh, the next music video or any type uh, the the one thing that's very different in producing a music video versus doing a wedding mm -hmm. or a commercial commercial eh, or a movie is for music videos and commercials you're given this time limit for commercials of 30 seconds or a minute for a music video it's right. generally the length of the music three video. to five minutes yeah. three to five yeah. minutes some music videos do drop the music does drop away it's and a they, bit longer yeah it is a bit longer but i don't like it when they do that most it's not as bad for me if it's at the beginning or the end, but sometimes they do it in the, in middle. the middle. It's like, it's what? <laughs> but doing the music video, we had planned shots that didn't see the light of day. Oh, no, but that's everything. I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever happened to that drone shot? That no, just, went just there was no time. <laughs> yeah. We need you that. to release Sorry. your Stairway to Heaven version of So Long, and we can put every shot that we had in there. Or how, about a how about a 2112 so we can get like 20 minutes of music in? But, uh, no, that, that was fun. So I think in round two, like somebody oh so nicely commented on the DH Media blog, we'd be oh, yeah. in the fall. Absolutely. Um, the cool thing, too, I think for you guys now is that you'll get to hear the album. So you'll have, like, a better picture you know, of it. For sure. Yeah, and, like, I mean, this time around it was kind of our choice where we were like, I think we're going to go with so long. But this time we're, I'm, I think we'll give it to you because it's like... Yeah. Now you can hear it, the whole thing, and be like, this will work great. What? How do you feel about maybe the the next music video? Like, would you still want stuff that's in a concert setting? Or do you think maybe you go the route of there's the full pick, yeah, a, pick a story and a full narrative? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think full narrative. Because it, it could even be cool to, like, not include the band members this time. I don't know. You could, yeah, you could just use some actors that we could, yeah. we could get together. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's lots that can be done, and mm. the the whole idea and concept behind the original video, again, links below, 
uh, was to do stuff that we knew we could do, we knew we could do well. Mm. The whole idea of doing it at the warehouse kind of came in last minute, but as soon as we realized that we could make the cool transition and then control, because being outside is nice. It is, yeah. The hike was horrible. <laughs> it was long, but it was. I think it was worth it. it I enjoyed so myself long. down there. Um, yeah, it was fun. Of course. But being on location, you see why so many film productions would prefer to build a soundstage and work on location. You can control everything. Absolutely. And we didn't have to use our rain day. It was a, it was the best day you could have got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It even looked basically like we saw it when we location scouted because we got that level of snow. It was pretty similar for sure. Yeah. It's very different going down down there at different times. Of the I year, am going to go down there in the summer. Yeah. Without the hundred pounds of gear, I was just there today. I went hiking. Yeah, it was pretty pretty ambient. I went to the other side of you know you know where we came up the, with the steel staircase. Mm-hmm. If you go the other way that we like away from the whirlpool, there's like little caves everywhere. Yeah, it's really cool down yeah, there. I love it there. I was trying to find deer. I couldn't find any. <laughs> <laughs> Found a lot of caves though. Um, <laughs> what's your album turnaround time? Like you, you release this album, you're touring. How long's the tour? Uh, the tour right now is five months. It's um, exciting. Yeah. Looking at the, the stops, and yeah, you just go east, and then you come right back and head the other way. Yeah. After like a week of being back. Um, so like, you mean like uh, for our next album? Yeah, like when, how, um, do you do you have? We any... have a, we do have a goal to be back in the studio in the winter. So you already have songs for your next album planned in some capacity? You have a rough idea? Is there one on the go? <laughs> like, I have a bunch of songs that will probably make the cut, like, that I've already written a while ago. But right now, there's not really many new things. Like, there's a bunch of ideas. There's nothing, like, fully written as a song, but I have, like, a billion ideas that I've recorded and, like, will probably end up using. I guess we could bring up some of the other band members. How How does everybody sort of collaborate and contribute their own... Stuff like I know I saw, especially when we were in the studio, you had a lot of input for everybody. It seems like you had a really good master picture, but I'd, I'd like to yeah. know how maybe Don so comes like, in with keyboard stuff. Right, right, right. So a big part of it is I'll write the song usually before bringing it to the table, and then, um, then I'll just kind of like let them, their instincts or intu- intuition take over and. You know, fill in the gaps. They know exactly what to do. Like, they're great at what they do. Mm-hmm. And then if I hear something that's a bit weak or, like, just could be stronger, I'll usually just point it out or whatever. Yeah, I like to... I don't like to tell them what to play too much. No, I like I, to, everybody likes their own little creative. Exactly. I like to give them, like, more of an idea or, like, a concept. Like, a build-up, you know, or whatever. Instead of being, like, hit these whatever. So that's kind of how it goes. And then, like, uh, Don is big on, like, making his own patches. So, like, you know, synth patches and stuff like oh. that. So, like, he most of the tones that you're hearing, he, like, sat there all night probably, like, tweak, tweaking, like, a tone. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, and he a lot of his keyboards have, like, a screen where you can see the, the vibration. So he's, like... And he knows what he's talking about. He knows what all the knobs That's mean cool. and stuff. I, I only I know a little bit about building like a you know pedal boxes for guitars and I stuff, know but nothing. I I don't know anything about how you would do that with a keyboard. So like with the with the pedal box, it's like 
or a pedal board or whatever, like, I have my pedals, but, like, each of them have already got, like, some program things, and I just, like, tweak that. Yeah. But, like, he's literally, like, doing what the my pedal builder would be doing, you know what I mean? Like, on the fly. Not on the fly, usually, like, he has, like, presets and stuff like that, but, like, he's building his own sounds, That's literally. pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, from scratch. Hmm. He definitely gives the... An originality to the music absolutely because you're creating sounds yeah. that theoretically nobody's sonically, ever heard before sonically for sure in, in so long it definitely sounds a bit like um like maybe a pipe organ kind of sound but it, it's very modified from from that yeah, starting point he's got that nord like stage two or something and it's just a it's a great simulator it's amazing hmm. so do any of the other band members write just for fun or is it just you like uh, there... right now I'm the only one that writes, like, so you, actively. You are just in your, you, you know what your defined roles are. Yeah. As in... But I am always encouraging them to write something, like if, let's say I put the guitar down for a sec, you know, take a phone call or something, and I come back down to the basement, and they're grooving out on something, I'm always like, you guys just wrote the sweetest thing, just like, take it and run, and like, everyone just takes their own time. You can't force it. It would be a shitty song if I tried to force them oh, to write absolutely. it, you know? I work with somebody who writes books, and her turnover rate for books is insane. Like she'll, Some people are crazy. She'll have a new novel of, like, 200 page. Not full, like, Harry Potter-length novel, but a 200-page, 8.5 by 5.5 size novel in a week. Mm-hmm. And I sit and write Ooh. for years. Yeah, but what's she doing with this? She self publishing or? I uh, Amazon. She yeah. The Amazon now with Audible, except I I don't know if it's through Audible or still through Amazon. But you can now pay to have people do audiobook versions of your mm-hmm. your books. Yeah, and you can. Those gigs pay well too. Yeah, I know that Don actually. Is like working on that, like they, voice yeah, they, acting. The hmm. writer told me I should, since we have the microphones, I should try it. Yeah, just to put my voice out there. Yeah, you're just look radio. up some exercises that you yeah. do with your voices, and you can get like the inflections down. His radio voice is pretty decent when he's trying. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> Although you do have a little bit of practice at it, at least. So I did. Must I help. Three. Three consecutive seasons of radio hosting did okay. However, that by the end, I had a movie review show in college, and by the end, it was all acting. It wasn't real anymore because the whole concept of the, the reviews were real. The whole concept of the show was I was doing a show with somebody who nobody wanted to do a show with. And I mean, I won't. He won't go into the, the deep reasons, but he wasn't the most popular. He he um, wasn't technically, like as far as mixing or anything like that goes, the brightest. So we recorded the pilot, me thinking the radio station isn't going to lose for college. The radio station won't pick it up because they don't want this. Because he, he did all the mixing for the pilot, and I just went in and recorded what I thought of... Uh, I think the movie review for the pilot was like Batman Begins. So I went and I talked and they picked it up for the semester. So the entire first semester, it was me actually hating the fact that I had to do this. And then 
the nice thing about it was that I got 5% extra for doing the radio show. By season two, I was done with radio. So I didn't get the benefit. So I started hating it. And then I was kind of like, well, it's kind of neat. We had the highest, we had one of, if not the highest listened to radio shows. So it was kind of neat. Nice. But highest listening to means that I think at our peak, 30 people might have been listening. That's, that's a still, college radio station. That's still something. So By say. the third season, I began to like the guy, but <laughs> our interactions through sarcasm and whatnot were what made the show big. So it became him being normal and me pretending I hated it more than I actually did. <laughs> so I got to push his buttons more. There was a, a episode where he picked a movie that his best friend who this this is not a good joke but his best friend who had died of cancer it was his favorite movie and i can't remember the movie but to just and i actually i'm not i'm not it's too bad i as i'm starting to tell really? the story yeah. ah. <laughs> i because the whole point of the show was to get him to flare up and he didn't catch it which is good because it was probably the meanest thing that i said because i said during the radio show that and he didn't say why he picked the movie but i did say you know this movie is so bad no person living or dead should ever listen to it or watch it <laughs> he didn't catch it and at that point that's when i'm like okay i'm gonna pull back just a little bit i wonder if all the, the all 30 people who were listening were just like oh god but <laughs> none of them would have known the backstory no i guess not right um kind of like an inside joke but he didn't he didn't get it it was it was it was an interesting experience uh, to be on the radio so i do miss it this is very similar to that do any of the band members have like <clears throat> education based around music or, or I know that Don is like classically trained yeah and, and is taking jazz piano lessons oh. and he has like he's a vocal coach it's kind of neat I, I always wanted to at least try to see if I could even sing if the potential was even there I think everyone can sing it's just about we all have unique voices then you need yeah. to learn how to like execute it right I've, I've wondered if I could too like it Definitely, when certain songs are on, I can feel that I can hit certain vocal ranges more. But I don't know if that's that's, that's true. where the hard limit is. Or no, or no, what. that's like when you get a vocal coach, they give you like your range, Ooh, and they and you and you work them. you work on like building your or expanding your range. That's what a vocal coach is for, and then you can hit those other notes a bit more comfortably, and then then you know where you like. That's why certain artists like will tell their band like let's change the key of this song to G or whatever because my voice can sing it better or what like so if you can find like what your range is then you can just kind of it's easier and that's a normal thing like you're not yeah. supposed to be able to hit every note that's pure talent <laughs> well that's the thing is like there are some people that are like just brilliant right off the hop but I do believe that anyone can learn anything that's cool I uh, I, I always like, wanted to master the the singing and playing guitar at the same kind of thing, time. Yeah, that that is a bit of a trick at first, for sure. And it still is with, like, difficult, you know, funky grooves and stuff like that. But it's just about, I, I can easily say that the best practice you can do is learn the vocals first. Or not, it doesn't matter which one you learn first, but yeah. learn each one individually really and well. And then try to do it. And then practice both of them together. So it's like a three-piece kind of a thing. It's neat. I know we had talked about it, and I had asked you 
and then we went to Florida, so I put it on the back burner. But I still want to go and buy a guitar. I yeah. liked it, and I need something creative to put new energy into. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and now with the internet, it's great. You can look yeah. up anything. Oh, yeah. Like it's that's I'm a YouTube <laughs> student. Like I learned my jazz theory on YouTube. That's it's the weird thing too because. Even when I was a kid, I guess it was technically accessible that I could have gotten tabs on the internet. But I just didn't, for whatever reason, I found it very difficult and frustrating to learn the full songs and stuff as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Now, if I pick it up, even though I'm, I probably was more, you know, I, technically I was able to hold the guitar better when I was younger, I feel like I don't get deterred so easily anymore. And that's, right. it, it's kind of nice being an adult and being able to look at it rationally. Right. Like, if right. I just keep doing this over and over again, it's going to sound exactly. okay eventually. Having the self-control to just do it. Yeah. and self-awareness and that's learning as an adult too i think when you're a kid you're the idea of learning is very forced. yeah you don't like yeah, the idea. It's like you don't ve- like the it's idea like vegetables it's like blah <clears throat> but you eventually reach a point as i've said i'm taking online courses for certain things where you want to learn and the fact that you can learn at your own pace yeah exactly that's what i love about the internet it's like i can look up a concept a musical concept you know, read over it, practice it a bunch, and I'm not, there's no time limit. I can just, like, close the tab and, like, get back to it whenever I'm feeling. That's just it. Like we've talked about before, if anybody asks me nowadays, I 100% say don't waste the money on film school unless you want the connections. Just buy the exactly. camera and get out there and make, get out there make and something shoot. different. Yeah. There's sure. enough free content or Execute content that you sure. can buy for a few hundred dollars or even a few thousand dollars if you want to go the higher end. Invest, yeah. I mean... When you have Martin Scorsese teaching you filmmaking on Masterclass, I know what you, you mean. can't get much better than that. No, yeah. no. sure beats my teacher no. who spent my entire uh, student career shooting a documentary about wine. Right, and even my approach too with music can be applied to like a lot of arts, where I find that the biggest lessons are in the art itself. Like when I learn a song in depth, like a horn line or something like that, like I feel like I'm sitting down in the room with that sax player or whatever and it's the same thing like you could with any art is like you know watching a film and seeing how they do it and stuff like that because then when you're you're executing you kind of like oh i know exactly like what would he do or you kind of get in that mode i i kind of wonder if i would feel differently about music if i if i looked into it more and you got more you know onto the guitar side because when i watch movies definitely for at least the past five years or so i've thought every time the camera cuts to something like what kind of cut they're using or like why right. something was done a certain way <laughs> i do the same Welcome thing with music i know decade I know. my life and you can't un- i do the same thing with music you can't untrain your brain like, to do wow that. they the way that they created tension in the music yeah. as soon as the drama unfolded it's like it's all that stuff and, and for me it's a lot of i guess it's a lot of the film and the negative stuff like you're like oh the guy walked into the room and looked at his mark on the floor yep great that happens right right <laughs> the, the two things that really bother me Right now, because I notice it in every movie, and then I'll give a more specific example of something completely different. When they do an over-the-shoulder shot, so there was a camera here of me talking to you, they care more about your reaction than they do my jaw moving. So you see it all the time in movies where we're talking, but the jaw doesn't. You don't get the reaction on that. You get your reaction, but sometimes you can very clearly tell that what I'm saying is out of sync. It's so bad, uh-huh. and some are so shameless. Like they'll be talking, but 
and then they finally <laughs> start. That's a different. I've never noticed. Yeah, that I've never movie. noticed that at all. Oh, now I'm now you will. I'm gonna look for it. Yeah. When uh, <laughs> you talk about music and suspense, I bought a movie the other day, sequel to Deep Blue Sea, okay. 1999 shark movie, Deep Blue Sea two. It was supposed to be released on Sci-Fi. Deep Blue Sea, not a classic movie by any means, but probably the best shark movie since Jaws. It's not a lot, not a high bar there. <laughs> I watched Deep Blue Sea last night. Okay. I watched Deep Blue Sea 2 this morning. When you compare the two, Deep Blue Sea, the first one, the way it uses suspense in its camera work, its music especially, you know, music can create a lot, and then just the acting and whatnot, it is a cinematic masterpiece compared to the bullshit of <laughs> Deep Blue Sea 2. Their sets were horrible, the CG was bad, the music was non-existent for the most part. It's really hard to build any type of suspense when it's just splashing. Huh. I mean, crazy. sometimes maybe, but the entire movie when it's just people splashing around or yelling or crying, it's, it's very interesting. So there, there is something to be said about musical cues and build-up. One thing I think of a little bit when you're comparing new to old you see a lot of the limitations of the old way that you would record onto a medium coming through. And I think music's a lot like that too. Like now, to get something to record music, it takes relatively no money compared you to what it would have been. Mics. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you can get yourself out there. Yeah. I don't know how what kind of color that adds to, to the music people are making necessarily these days. Like, is it limiting us or is, or is having all these options open sort of overwhelming? It's a bit of both. I think it balances itself out. Like there's so much stuff out there, this oversaturation of like content, obviously because of the internet, like ever you can see anything all around the world. But I think that it also like kind of illuminates the real people a bit better. It's not, you don't just need money now. You actually have to have good content. A good personality and, <laughs> yeah. and be able to sell something exactly. a little bit different. People need to connect with you more. Hmm. Yeah, I think... Uh, As a person. Like, the music side, our side, there's so much video content. I mean, just this alone, there's so many podcasts. You you, you have to be happy when you get one like every totally. every few weeks. I try to tell people that. They're like, you know, how do I get more, like likes or followers on like how many you do you could, have and they give me a number and it's like that's a great number like yeah. those people care about you just like care back and you'll get more just exactly like, if, you, if you want the number to go up you can spend money but if if you got a not lot of but not you're gonna spend money regardless like yeah. invest in your what in your craft and marketing and stuff like that but yeah. like don't make that your priority. your your marketing goal or your marketing strategy is putting just money into an ad right like it has there has to be some good content to for go sure with. we'll get more follows on facebook because we post a highlight reel from a wedding video from two or three years ago because people get because enthusiastic because they're like i was at that wedding and exactly. look at and i will tell you that the way that facebook has been changing um like okay last year or a couple years ago they they put out like this poll um i think it was mostly in europe but it, it asked most people on Facebook in that. I'm sorry, level. I just drank your water. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Yours is colder. As soon as it was cold in my mouth, I'm like, this isn't my water. Uh, so, like, I think, yeah, they gave these all these peop, certain people a question on Facebook, like, what do you want to see more of and what do you want to see less of? And more people hit, they want to see more, like, friend posts and family posts, like, relevant stuff that they enjoy and less promotional posts. So Facebook uh, is now like uh, 
they'll penalize a post if it's too promotional or if like it's if it's something that's coming in a week as opposed to tomorrow or today. You know what I mean? Like they certain keywords like too much text on a photo. Yeah, the the text on the photo when I did the first test just to share the page itself mm-hmm. because it had because it was sharing the the cover page because it had the phone number at the bottom. They actually said no. Just because it was no, too much. Well, you really? can get a manual review. Yeah, I don't know. Which you, I did. Yeah, and they accepted it because it wasn't like it was a special promo. It was actually our Facebook cover page. Right. Yeah. I did. We did the same with our uh, tour poster just yesterday. Because that's a lot of text. That's a lot that's of text. text right? All text. Yeah, and they're like basically the same thing. And then we hit the manual review, and yeah, it's fine. It's doing good. That's interesting that it can detect. Yeah, all that in the photo. Totally. What if you use some really weird font or something, and I don't know, try to blend it in? Uh, it's got to be a way to do it. What if you were a calligrapher? Yeah, that was your. You job? could just make up a font. No, I said. Well, yeah, you could make up a font. But what if you're a calligrapher and that's what you're selling? But Words I and fonts. Yeah, I kind of like it though their approach because it forces you to have relevant and real content. You know what I mean? Like you can't just have a bunch of text and like create this ad that like is gonna show up yeah. in front of people. It's like, it's a more genuine approach. It's like they want their Facebook users to enjoy the site and, and not engaged. just be, and not just be like, have all these ads in your face that don't mean anything to you. So it's like it forces the- Except the, for the paid ads that are on the side of the screen. I that, don't know. But that's what I mean is that there's certain like limitations on the paid ad. So it yeah. forces the person creating the ad to create something that somebody's actually going to connect with because that's how you get more engagement. Yes. And the more engage organic engagement you get, the more organic uh, like time on the news feed they give you. I'm curious as to what ads I would see if I scroll, but I, I could think of things like shoes or People or will watches. target you. That's yeah, thing, it, it's right? definitely targeted ads because yeah. it will come up if I've been searching something Whatever similar. Whatever I right. target ads so like, is always newly engaged. I got CIBC. Like I can <laughs> target ads that like to people who hey there's our ad oh yeah there you go there's the yeah. there's the poster yeah cool is it I mean sponsored? It, um, sponsored? yep yeah. and it helps too that I have a ton of friends that are also well, yeah. liking the content because we, uh, we chose our demographic as uh, people who like our page and their friends that's clever yeah. yeah it works and it works as a band especially because it's like it's hard to just target music lovers you know how many music lovers there are like it's so hard to to it's really weird when a person says, I don't like music. Yeah, that's like, very weird. I've only met a handful of people like that. You don't like any type of rhythmic there's, there's Nothing makes your hips sway, like your foot tap, your, I don't know. I, th- I think there's some religious extremists that perhaps for religious reasons, like all music is, is I've, not I've, good. I've but. shot a wedding where older religious people have walked out when the music starts. Yeah. There are some people that don't like it. Unless it's gospel organ, eh. which I mean, it's it's amazing to twerk to organ music, but I mean, even that could be could be interesting. But it's interesting that people be so shut out by something that's been part of human all human cultures for so long. Yeah, and that but that's the crazy part too. If you go back enough in time, like certain intervals of notes were like illegal. Illegal. Yeah. What? Yeah, like the the, uh... the flat fifth or the tritone was the devil's chord. Is, is this like in Europe or? Yeah, like in cla- like like classical medieval, time. Oh, medieval classical times. times yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. They're yeah. pretty puritan. Yeah, like, Tanical. so like the tension in that chord was considered illegal. You were not allowed to have that in your music. I just never heard yeah. of anything and like that. And that's why, um, like that actually was a huge 
uh, um, interval in blues music. And like, you know, like that, uh, that's actually the blues note. Hmm. Yeah. It's the, is the, the flatted fifth or, or the blues note. That's what it's called. I think, Ooh, I'm thinking of the story of the guy that learned to play the guitar from the devil at the crossroads or whatever. And there's this weird, the original writer of a song where that reference came from. I, I can hear oh, the note. Robert in my Johnson. Head. Robert Johnson. That's his. Yeah, name. yeah, yeah. The way that he uh, played, just that's what I like about that's classic ins- blues music. Insane story, that guy. <laughs> it's way too much to go into detail. Yeah. On the podcast, for yeah. Me, but, huh. It's worth looking up, anyways, for anybody at home. Yeah. And one thing I want to point out too that's really cool about music. I've always thought, like, thought about this. I think I read it in like a Trey Anastasio interview or something, but. Uh, how music was it wasn't invented there the th- music theory wasn't invented by like musicians it's physics it's, yeah you know what i mean like the way that that there's tension in a chord it's not because we decided that the, these notes would have tension they're literally vibrating yep. in a in a dissonant way yep. and that's is that's pure physics <laughs> yeah, the, the the calculation of like i guess what you, i guess you would say harmonics would be you can pretty much predict Stuff that would sound musical. It, that's how and people it, compose music without yeah. even having to like have an instrument. And then if like, you, oh, like a f- the perfect fourth chord would be great here, and then like you know a, a substitute chord or whatever. Like I mean, you can hear it. You can train your ear to hear that your mind's ear. With people on guitars, especially and other stringed instruments, you just learn scales, and you can just riff off of that all day long. Yeah, there's, there's a lot you can do with just knowing what sounds harmonically good together. Absolutely, and it, and it's about getting to a point where you don't have to think about those things when you're doing it on the fly, mm-hmm. like instinctual. It's good to get in that muscle memory mode, not too autopilot. Like you don't want to go through the motions when you're in the middle of a jam, but you also don't want to be overthinking everything. <laughs> and that's more for when you're writing music or when you're performing. Improvising. Like when you're pl- when you're playing a show and you're in the middle of like an extended jam section. Do you do you find that you improvise in most songs? If you if you every song, yeah. yeah, every no song. matter. Like, it, I mean, even the songs that I'm not improvising the notes, I'm improvising my approach or like my my effect pedals or like a, there's always something I'm having fun with. <laughs> I know that uh, the the Beatles said it a long time ago where they they would say that they have more creative freedom in the studio. Because fans would start making them stick to a certain way of playing it. And I'm not like that at all. Yeah. We play our songs differently every single time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's once you get so big that people expect you to play. Hey, well, I heard it on the album like this. Well, you yeah, play exactly that way. We're also, to play the hits. We're also yeah. though, in a genre that doesn't... We're in the, a jam band genre, which is like, that's to be expected. You go to a show and you're getting like a 20-minute long so long. Yeah. Which is what we need to complete the music video. <laughs> Bring the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> like, we like the unpredictable, and I think that's our shtick, is that you don't know what you're going to get. And I think that's, like, a genuine thing, and it's not cheesy, and it's, like, it keeps it fun for us, too. Because then, well, we practice music in a way that allows us to, like, use it like an artist would, like, a, a palette of colors or whatever. Um, whatever that thing's called. <laughs> um, but... Palette. A palette. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just like, cause we don't want to play the song the exact same way every night. So mm-hmm. we practice music in a way that allows us to understand the, the progression and be able to conceptualize differently each night. And, and that sounds really cool for people who love music, but I mean, 
if you think of people that are pop music stars and they, right. you know, like the top 40 hits, no. I don't think they improvise anything, really. This no, there's not too much. There's some artists, though, that do, but, like, like maybe a quick guitar solo or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, there's, like, that's more of the underground world of music, and it's kind of always been like that. It's too unpredictable for, like, to sell records, I guess. <laughs> To the, the mindless to, to masses. The, exactly, right? Just want the, something catchy that they yeah. can Yeah, and that's to. the thing. It's like I'm practical, practical about that. Like, I, I'm working for success, but I'm not expecting, like, to be a millionaire or anything. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Ever. Like, I know my demographic. I, I'm practical about it. Like, I just want to be able to get by, basically, and not have to worry about bills. <laughs> like everyone, right? For sure. That's true. <laughs> I think... Um, that's that's the artist dream to be able to do exactly what you love comfortably yeah. not necessarily to make a fortune if you can right. along the way if it happens better. it's whatever like but a lot of times money causes problems for sure and I, you definitely $70,000 increment where people yep. think that that's that's the the perfection of income where anything more than that, problems happen, and anything probably less grows than that. with inflation. I think, but I know what you're saying. Like I think it was something like if you're housed, fed, and you have clothes and money to do things like for spare time and stuff like and that. To save. Yeah, and to save, then you're happy. But anything like overly extra, like make it completely flips your. Yeah, I, I think specifically just with reported happiness, I did hear that there was a cutoff around. The hundred thousand dollar mark, just because I heard seventy, but maybe 70. it's a hundred. It, it might be. It might be on different <laughs> determining on different factors too, and like inflation and all that. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting that you sort of can never just dwell within the limitations of how much you have because there there is a, a need for humans to constantly have more, and it becomes worse as the more the more you get for sure. Right. Like if you're making a hundred fifty thousand, well, you're looking at your neighbors pulling in, you know, half a million every right, year and right. he's doing the things that you can't afford to do and yeah. now you have a new want instilled in you. Exactly, yeah. I move. Yeah. <laughs> then, I guess being on the road, like, or for planning for, to be on the road so often, I've become sort of a minimalist. Like, I'm like, what do I need this poster for if I'm not going to be at home to look at it? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of forced me to be like, what do I need all this stuff for hmm. if I'm not even going to, like, have the room for it in a van? Where am I going to put my poster? When you go on the road, I, I've read a few like musicians' books, and when you go to a hotel, do you live out of a suitcase or do you unpack every night? Um, I just have like a backpack, to be honest, and like a probably a week's worth of clothes. And so, do you live out of the backpack or do you put it in the drawers? No, nah, I live out of the backpack. Yeah, I don't un- undo everything because it's I... too it's too quick and go. Like it's like set up, get to the city. We don't even usually get to our like hotel or whatever until after our show. So like, we'll play the show, tear down, get to the place, set up, sleep, wake up, go. There's like not even enough time, really half the time. Sounds like you need a sponsorship with uh, like RB Canada or something like that. That would be epic. And just have, you, have a tour bus. Have you ever looked into the the whole tiny home movement? I have looked. I have not looked into it, but I've like heard about it. And seen it, it. it was pretty cool. I was pretty convinced for a while that I should build a tiny house, and I'm st- I'm still kind of convinced it'd be really cool to have, but it's not awesome. practical to do right now until I have like somewhere to do it. I hear you. But but it is it is a little bit cooler than the, just driving around in a van that's very space limited. Mm-hmm. But God, that that's kind of I guess impractical too. Camp, even if you're like a camper or something, it's a pretty hefty thing to tow around the country. Absolutely. 
But you don't need hotel rooms, so that's, that's kind of true. a bonus. Yeah. And you you can actually live in it. You you yeah. can unpack. And yes. I I always found that weird that people unpack into like the, the hotel yeah, dressers. I, I don't know. Like it's I, it's not even that it's unreasonable. I can see to if do. you're like there for a week. Yeah. Or like three days or four. Which I I totally agree that it's reasonable to do. It just. I don't even think of it for whatever reason. I'm just I'm used Same to. Same here. I just get there, drop my bag, and yeah. get on with whatever we're doing. Because like the thing is, being on tour is you don't really have too much time for everything, so you get, you cut out a lot of the like unnecessary stuff. You're like, we got to go eat, let's have a quick beer, celebrate, blah blah blah. You know, there's like barely any time for like like a lot of the times I had to just text friends and be like, sorry man, there just wasn't enough time to see you. <laughs> and then you got to move on. Yeah. So th- this tour, and if it's too much of a, like a, kind of, behind the music, type question, um, is it self funded or do you make money from the venues? Like how how are you going across Canada? Uh, so like a big part <laughs> of it is like investing and saving. Like, oh, okay. Like we, a lot of the times, put the money. Well, actually, most of the time. Yeah, I think it's like 99% of the time we put all the money from a gig into a file. Like we're incorporated, so like it's its own bank account and everything. And we accumulate for tour. So just to have a budget, of course. Um, And then each gig is different. Some will pay us like a guarantee. Some will be ticketed if we think we can draw enough people, if we have enough like friends out in that area or whatever. Um... What we're hoping with this album, we're going to send it out to, like, college radios. We're hoping that we get... That's a clever way of doing it. Yeah, some, like, you know, random people in every city. Wherever we see it that it does well, we can book our tour to those places. Um, yeah, but it's, like, last year, I think, uh, the overall costs were 4500 and we spent... Or, sorry, we made 3000 so we spent fifteen hundred between five people over a month. That's not BC bad. and back. That's amazing. Three hundred yeah. bucks each. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, so that's and pretty the good. Experience and the memories. That's kind of exactly. really cool. Yeah. So like, and like this year is a lot longer, and it's going to be a lot like three times more expensive. We're calculating, but I also think that we're trucking along pretty nicely in terms of being a business and having like merchandise for sale and stuff like that. We just. Got a new website and everything, so. I'm, who who is it that makes your merchandise? Uh, it's all different. Like, I'm the guy that kind of designs it for the people, and then, you know, we have like two different T-shirt guys. We have a different guy that does patches. We usually get our stickers wherever. So, um, but it's it's local to here. Uh, most of the time, yeah. yeah. Like, if I can, I will. And if, but if I find a really good deal online, like, I usually go with it for now, just because I can, but. I like t-shirts definitely local um cds first time i went uh with someone in oregon um and this time around it was toronto so that's nice because we went and picked them up the other day is it going to be a really funky uh print over top of the cd this time what do you mean last time it was really like psychedelic sort of colors oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh this time it's kind of just like uh did you see the uh, the what we had on the, the tour poster? Yeah, yeah, that same so, kind of vibe. Yeah, so that exact front cover thing. Oh, okay. That I had on there, and then the back is kind of just pretty much the same. 
It's not as super psychedelic. This time I made it like kind of like a cool spacey vibe. Hmm. At least at least it fits the theme then. Because yeah, yeah, the other one was kind of interesting where the lighthouse at Port Luzi. Yeah. And you open it up and it's a CD that's just crazy colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was color. fun to make. <laughs> <laughs> that was like my early Photoshop days. Nice. Do you, while you're touring, <clears throat> I mean, I guess you kind of answered the question beforehand. Um, I'll try to reword it. When you tour, crap, Can't lost the question. Oh. No, um, it was just the, the whole merchandising thing. Like, do you, do you ever, do you, do you sell a lot? Like, are you ever surprised by the amount that you sell? CDs, um, I would assume, are a big thing to, to pedal. So, yeah, back. like, so... I mean, this goes without saying that whenever we have someone working the stand, we obviously make way more because um, they can be selling while we're playing. People yeah. are leaving or whatever. But yeah, there's sometimes where I'm genuinely surprised. I'm like, we sold 10 shirts tonight. Like, holy crap. <laughs> That's amazing. That's that so is, much that gas. Like, holy crap. We can eat great tonight or whatever. It's fun. It's like... That's like a true artist. Because <laughs> we try not to dip too much into like emergency, like visas or like our own pockets. Of right? Like, so we want to keep it in the budget. So we try to like, we try not, well, like we won't starve ourselves, but we try not to dip into our own pockets and see how long we can go with the budget. I think, I think that's good advice to aspiring musicians. If you want to play in a band, take business classes. Absolutely. Well, 120%. That's this would not be happening if there wasn't like 60% of the business side happening in the background. Mm -hmm. That's any type of art field. Yeah. If you don't know the business, yeah. it's either not going to work or you're going to be stagnating or growing slowly sure. over the course of five years. Not that I have any experience with that. <laughs> um, until you reach a point where things can actually start to happen. Right. You. Yeah, you, marketing is huge. All the back end stuff for sure. You gotta look into your own industries and see what the standards are. Yeah, and and I guess uh, as well as it comes into play of, of high, being able to hire the right people because honestly, you don't have time to do everything. So you gotta hire people exactly. that are way smarter than you are at a yeah. specific thing, and you go with that. Yeah, don't be yeah, don't be hesitant just because you want to learn everything because that's kind of what we that, like. We could have tried to make our own music video, but it wouldn't have done anywhere close to as well. And like. I've, I've seen some of the results of people trying to do that with their phones and stuff. Yeah. And it, eh. it is what it is, but yeah, like I knew is. that I didn't have that sort of expertise or time. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I'm of the philosophy that we have all the time in the world and no time at all. <laughs> That's a good philosophy. <laughs> it's all potential. Yeah. And then only when you realize it is it really going to make any difference. Yeah. It could be wasted just as easily and for any type of artistic project right kind of the, the same idea you have a lot of time but every project i do more and more the the idea that a a film shoot or a music video is never com i mean you could say it's completed <laughs> yeah I know but it I is do. at one point like this is the release date this is where we want it to be but if we had another year It'd yeah, you know what? We could oh, yeah. probably have dragons flying in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> it might not make it better, but yeah. we could do it. Yeah, I totally hear you. There's a funny <laughs> meme on the internet of like a guy sitting at like a, a studio and he's like, I'm almost done mixing and he's just a skeleton, like a dead skeleton. 
That's pretty funny. Yeah. If there doesn't exist like a stock photo of a person on a leaning on a camera tripod as a skeleton, <laughs> yeah, we should do that. Do it, man. Put on Shutterstock. Yeah. Hmm? It's a funny concept because it's true. Like you're never really done, and that's part of the the whole jam thing. Like the whole pl- uh, playing the show different every time. It's because like you're always conceptualizing on a new way of approaching something or or like expressing something, especially harmonically. Like there's so many available options than the one solo I played in the studio. Do you know what I mean? And like, I don't want to be like pigeonholed into, or like wind up monkey or whatever they're called <laughs> just to play like a same solo every night. It would just drive me nuts. I wouldn't want to do it. Solo is interesting. Although if you think to a lot of popular rock music, there are those just iconic riffs. Absolutely. If, you can't like if, if there are, is a solo you hear on this album where you're like, dude, that solo, like... Yeah. Always or, play it. Or you, you think you think to a lot of stuff like you mentioned Stairway to Heaven. If there was a single note different in somebody's rendition, I would notice. Right. It, it just simple things that just it Absolutely. gets stuck in your head. It's yeah. very it sounds like it could not be made better than it is. Right. And that's I agree with that. Like if if I write a specific melody or like a specific solo, but like a lot of the solos I play even in the studio are completely improvised. So like although they hold a character, they're not like crafted in a way that you it's kind of a placeholder in that case. Sort of, yeah. It's more of just energy. Yeah. It's like the or a timestamp of the energy that was at that particular time. And if you want to like come here, it's that's kind of how I look at it, music is energy. And so when you come to see a show, like you're you're checking out the energy of that song or the energy of that band. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to have like a more open expectation. I think part of it is I'm really tapped into the underground music scene, and that's kind of just a given in that scene. Is like you're going to go see them live. It's not going to be like putting in a CD. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the way bigger bands, that's like their management almost tells them they have to. Or probably well, that's, does. that's branding. That's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is giving it's, people... It's the business side taking over the creative arts side. Right. And yeah. I, that is one thing is like, although I preach the business hard, is like to still have that artistic freedom, like don't give it up type thing. If you don't feel comfortable with that art, like don't do it. Yeah, and I think every, all fans will always be able to sense it and start saying that something's disingenuous and you know Absolutely. you're you're a shill, you're a hack, whatever. People know when it's when it's happening. Like Bob Dylan playing electric. <laughs> <laughs> the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I think. Like, the more genuine you are, like the more you'll see that in your fans. You'll get more. You'll attract more of those genuine fans that can sense how genuine the art is. So it really pays off because then you get that same vibe back. Like we attract people that are looking for a different show every night. So then we get that energy back. We like when we're playing to a crowd of people that understand what we're up to. It's way different because like then we're just milking it. We're like giving them what they want. When we play to like kind of a newer crowd or a more commercial crowd, a shorter gig or something, we'll just showcase our songs. And it's like, it's still fun, but it's not the same as like the feeling of like a dance floor and I'm playing to their dance moves, basically. <laughs> like Being able to change on a night-to-night basis means that you could, like you would do very well if you ever end up being a mainstay in Vegas or something. You could have yeah. people coming to see your show five yep. nights a week. Exactly, and that's something different. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's the thing is like if I'm in a dark mood and I, I might take it in a dark harmonic approach. 
Can you imagine if we had that much creative control? And maybe we could if we just went for it. But in the way that we do, like, wedding photos? Because, like, I, I feel like a bit of a hack when I'm taking the same photo. I was like, oh, I took that three weddings ago for these other... But it's all the same as being, like, a musician for a wedding. Yeah. You're just forced to play, yeah. like, what they want you. So That's you, true. It's the balance between... Because I do it all the time for video shots as well. You're, you're getting this shot. You, you get done. the... Sometimes it's not about, like... The meat and potatoes, and then if you get ex- time for extra stuff, yeah. it's yeah. good. But you could also put that as part of your contract, like... I know some, like, especially if you're hiring a band for a wedding, like, and you're hiring the band, like, if this is a band that plays original music and you're hiring them, they're going to play their original music. If you hire a cover band, it's almost a given. So if you had it in your contract that says, like, it's my artistic freedom. Yeah. But we, I think we do have something along the lines of that where we do, at the end of the day, it is the creative choice of the person creating the art. Right. To do it the way because they're coming to you as a yeah. photographer, as and, an artist, and within reason. If they ask me to go take a specific shot, right? Absolutely, I'm totally. gonna take that shot. Absolutely, it, it comes down to being creative, getting what they want in the space. There's there's certain there's weddings that we've done outside where we get to open it up a lot more, and then you get weddings that are in a church that are only twice the size of this, and that's a little bit more constrained, so you can't do everything that you want to do it wouldn't make sense to be gliding around on a steady cam in a church that small it would be too it would interrupt too many people hit somebody hit grandpa in the face with a yes barbell but i think the the major difference even though that you could argue you're getting paid for a show we're getting paid for uh the the wedding is we're getting paid like now I'm I'm losing my point again. They they For have a certain expectation, and it, it it basically it would be like it's more of a higher gig. It's it's a higher gig. Yeah. So they're, they're going to have it for the rest of their life. Yeah. And you do okay. This this is the point I was trying okay. to make. It's better in a situation like that, I think, to get it right than to try something. It's okay to try something with a music video because we could do it again. You only get one shot. You yeah. can't be artistic at the kiss because if you miss the kiss, fucked. Yeah, I kind of have that philosophy too with music in the jam. Like, although I do take risks, I don't practice on stage. Like, I'm not trying out no. something completely new. I'm no, like, that would be a good know, idea. Like, it's mostly just like in the bounds of what I already know or whatever. So I was thinking just briefly now though that it kind of works in the opposite way that I was saying before. The bigger you get, the Fans want to pigeonhole you into doing something a specific way. The bigger you get in photography, and the more you're allowed. To, yeah, yeah. Like you think, then people just hire yeah. you for the name. They'll say, "Oh, I'll pay you five thousand dollars just to show up, and then you charge me whatever it is right. for your print." That's why I like jazz and stuff like that. You're going to see people's interpretations of things instead of the classical approach to music, where it's you're going to see the exact rendition of the way the the composer like yeah. created it. And then both are great. Like there's a brilliance to both because certain compositions are brilliant in their own sense and then certain compositions lend themselves to to extending and improvising and doing it your own way like if you check out a lot of jazz songs of like a beatles tune like you would barely recognize it it's so reharmonized but like see i I should start listening to stuff like that because the only jazz music that i listen to is stuff you could tune into on the radio Right. It's not like the underground stuff. That yeah, you there's a lot of like about. funk jazz and like, you know what I mean? Stuff you can dance to or like 
Or even just look up covers, like a song you know by the Beatles, and just look up jazz version of like whatever. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, because then you already know the song, so you know what you're listening for, the melody, and then see how some artists interpret it. Hmm. I like the... Uh, oh, now I'm going to blank on the YouTube channel, that retro jukebox channel or whatever they're called, where they take a little bit more modern music or modern I think songs, I know what you're talking about, yeah. And they will put it into like the they'll 1950s swing. Or and then they'll, they'll, they'll change it during the video to different time periods. Yeah, as even to that too. That's, that's awesome. really neat because that's taking... I mean, it is like the jazz thing. It's You're taking, defining the style of a decade almost and trying to distill it. Like if I was thinking in that, you know, that musical sense, yeah. I would have written it this way. Yeah, you're dissecting like what makes it that decade or whatever. I saw a bathing suit video like that too. Yeah, men, men and women's. No, bathing. women, just a woman. Just women? Very. It, it was a very nice video. You could clearly <laughs> see that women's bodies have changed a little bit over the years, the way they've maintained, because... The 1920s woman's bathing suit looked so much better on this model than it did in anybody in the 1920s. <laughs> and then as it progressed, it got better and better. And you have no idea how little fabric these these bathing suits are until you see something even from the 90s compared to 2018. Hmm. God bless it. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll try to find the link and send it. <laughs> but, yeah, that... Um, well, that was totally off topic, but <laughs> it was a good, good tangent. Yeah. Um, overall, the experience working has been fun. It's been creative, like you said. You want to do more music videos. I do too, but I I want to do more narrative stuff. I want like there's it's it's been a long time. Every time we do a commercial, what do you mean by narrative stuff? Wedding video, okay. Wedding videos by nature are narrative, but they're more documentary-based. Narrative would be, let's write a script, or let's come up with something, and let's shoot right, it. Right, okay, see gotcha. It. Let's see it. Even, uh, even, like, I don't think it'd be applicable in a lot of cases, but one day it'd be really cool to just do a music video where, like, tables are set, we have, we're doing claymation or something, using some kind of models, and we just, it's all stop motion, or we film it in some unique way, and, and write a story to that. She seems to like the stop motion stuff. She does. She could do some tips still, I think. But that would yeah. be really stop sweet. Fun. Stop motions are awesome. Yeah. It is. It's I, a dying art. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of work for it is, especially yeah. claymation. Um, but no, the the nice thing about now and every time we shoot a commercial or the music video, the first thing I ever shot the the movie I did in high school when you planned it and you visually plan it and then you shoot it, you're like, okay, this is twenty percent of what I thought it was going to be. But when it's done, you're like, this is still friggin' cool. Yeah. It never it never goes the way you think no, it will. Right. But now yeah. you can get it to like seventy uh, percent of what you think it is, or eighty percent, maybe eighty five. Especially if you dissect it shot by shot. If you nail the shot, you're like, this is exactly what I wanted. So the fact that we're getting so close to being in a position where we come up with a concept. And then from concept to uh, the final edit, it has stuck in with editing and whatnot. You can even increase it and put it back to where it was, where you're getting 90% of the original idea. Especially with like uh, everyone having a camera in their pocket nowadays, you can capture like so many things on the fly that you might not have. Mm -hmm. That's a, it's almost an interesting idea. What if, I don't, I don't use Snapchat enough to say this, but what if like a 
band, just Snapchat stuff to their fans constantly or whatever, and you took all that footage, you could probably stitch together lots of little pieces for a music video. You could almost make a video out of content that's already made. The thing made. is, is it's usually not that good quality, and it's usually like a vertical... Oh, I, I understand that there's definitely quality limitations, but it... If the narrative is good enough, yeah. it can it can work, I think. The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. It's the first Hollywood movie to ever implement an iPhone shot wow. in the movie. I know, I think I know which movie. one. It stands out. What shot? See, I can't even I can't even think of any of the shots right now, but I do remember seeing one shot in the movie that sort of stood out to me. They, I saw it in theaters when it came out. The the shot they are uh, drugged out on an airplane. And the director they're coming back from a shoot, and the director of the photography or director of photography is like, "Shit, we didn't uh, we didn't get this." So he's on an airplane. He pulls out his phone, and the shot of the seatbelt light turning on—that's mm. that's the shot they use. That's Something so that you would think you'd have so much uh, like uh, B-roll or stock footage of from any other movie. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, iPhone. That's Done. hilarious. And it's such a brief shot that nobody's going to really call you on the, right. the yeah. difference. Until you mention it and make it public, hey, that was done on an iPhone. And now there's, I forget what director did it, uh, but they just, the trailer dropped a, about a month ago for a movie that was done completely on iPhone. Wow. Like a feature length, big the, director. The iPhones are getting crazy. Big now. director attached to it. It's interesting. The camera side of it's that good, although microphones still seem to be quite big and bulky. Yeah. It, it, maybe not necessarily. I think it's condensers. The, the physical microphone itself definitely needs to be bigger, but the electronics inside this thing, I, I don't know. I don't know if they necessarily have to be as big as they are. Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh. It's close no, to Spielberg. Wait. Um. I've definitely seen some longer format YouTube you know, straight like YouTube films that have been just iPhones, and they always like so, yeah, Steven put it in Soderberg, the end. Uh, it, it was in theaters. It's a movie called Unsane. Uh, shot the entire medical thriller using the iPhone Seven Plus. Hmm. Maybe we should watch that and do a critique of it. Yeah. I, I've thought about it. Well, now we're getting meta, so I won't. But there's there's other things I've been thinking about that we could do. But. <laughs> I think it might be time to wrap this one up because this was fun. This is a really, yeah, really good, fun. good time talking about all sorts of music stuff that we never otherwise would talk about just because we Mike, ramble on. I, I, again, <laughs> we'll go into the yeah. Never mind. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it, it was good. It was fun. Uh, so the album is released May eleventh. May eleventh, and it's at the warehouse. Yep, tickets are still available. Yep. Still got some tickets. As usual, our Instagrams are up, but maybe we could put some links. Yeah, if you send us here, we now, episode eight is the first one that has uh, bottom third titles. Nice. Yes, so we'll put one. It only goes up from here. No, it does. Every week gets better. Have a good night. Have a good week. Peace. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard to find an endpoint. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't really have a good sign off yet. <laughs> no. Have a good night. Cool. What if they're watching it in the morning? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs>